0: The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times best-selling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here. So we are super duper excited. This is our new backdrop. I hope you like it. Apparently, it looks fun. <laughs> um, and I am in scrubs because I'm going to work right after this. But why do we do these Meet the Mentor podcasts? Well, you know, every year we do this amazing program called LEAP. And LEAP is going into its 15th year this year. We don't have the final dates yet, but it will be sometime like the last, let's say, third week of July in 2022. Now, every year until the pandemic hit, of course, LEAP was a live program where we had about 450 students at UCLA live learning skills that you don't typically learn in high school and college. And these are skills that we know they need to become successful in life. Well, 2020 was a bit of a challenge because we we couldn't meet live. So we Pivoted and we did an amazing virtual program. In 2021, as things started opening up and we were able to vaccinate people, we did a hybrid program. So we actually did LEAP with about 50 students live and about 500 students virtually. We're hoping that 2022, we will be able to get back to UCLA with our full robust program of 450 students. thousands and thousands and thousands of students virtually why because we know what it takes to become successful and we want to teach it to you guys so during the process we started interviewing these amazing people we call them mentors mark Wahlberg, anthony hopkins uh, paula abdul kathy bates jonathan bennett usher uh, jason alexander on and on and on and on. And this information was so good and so helpful that we turned it into a podcast. Well, who knew the podcast is now in the top two to 3% of all podcasts worldwide. And we're like number one in Yemen, number two in Iceland, number three in Finland. Like I didn't even know they had podcasts in these countries, but it's crazy, crazy good. So I search for really interesting, fun, amazing people to be mentors on this to kind of give you guys a clue as to what their life is like, what their career is like, but most importantly, what you would need to do if you wanted to emulate that. So today I have the great pleasure and honor of having a good friend of mine, somebody I've been friends with for nearly 20 years. Um, And I'll tell you a little bit about Bob, and then we'll go right into it. Officially, Robert, but Robert Setner has developed and produced series television, low-budget theatricals, and over 125 movies for television, enjoying a reputation of delivering consistently high-rated entertainment. He's produced projects starring Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Hilary Swank, Kristen Bell, Courtney Cox, Pierce Brosnan, and many, many others. Settner began his showbiz career in the mailroom at Dick Clark Productions, later moved on to Orion Television where he produced his first half hour comedy pilot for NBC. Settner switched his sights to television series in 2010 with No Ordinary Family for ABC Studios, Next, the ABC hit drama Revenge, followed by multiple pilots, including Mistresses, which ran for four seasons on ABC. That was followed by another big hit series, Quantico, which I'm sure you've all seen. He also followed up with four seasons of a Peabody awarded series called Unreal, which was unreal and was nominated for multiple Emmy Awards and which also enjoyed phenomenal critical acclaim. Settner has also produced many award-winning films. Over the years, Bob has produced some of television's most ambitious projects, many of which enjoyed both critical and commercial success. Settner has also been involved in many nonprofit boards, including AIDS Project LA, where he has been an active political fundraiser. He currently resides in Park City, Utah, with his two kids and partner, Steve. Bob, thank you for agreeing to do this. So let's get right to it. How did you get into entertainment and why? Um,
1: I actually was headed to New York to do theater. And um, that's what I studied in school um, and decided at some point, you know what? I'm gonna give TV a try. It was on a fluke. I decided I was gonna go to LA and see how it worked. And after giving up a few times and saying, this isn't gonna work, I'm gonna go back to Texas. It, it finally all came together and I did it. So TV TV was an offshoot of theater, but It's where I finally found my real passion and loved it. What
0: what was your educational background?
1: Um, I studied set and lighting design in college, believe it or not, for theater, and then decided I was going to become a a production designer in film and television. Ultimately, somebody gave me great advice. I met with the production designer of the Emmys and the Academy Awards, and he said, I'm going to hire you as my assistant. And I said, great. He said, you just need to look me in the eye and tell me with all of your heart and soul You want to be a production designer with every ounce of everything in your body. And then you got the job. And I couldn't do it. I said, I don't know yet. I want to look around. And he said, then don't take this job. I'm not hiring you. You start at the bottom. You look around. You figure out what you want to do. Try lots of different things. And when you finally find the right ladder you want to climb up, climb up that ladder. But don't climb up this ladder only to find out this isn't what you want to do. Because then you got to climb down, start over So it was great advice, probably the best advice
0: I ever got in my career. So starting at the bottom, was that actually in, in Dick Clark Studios?
1: Dick Clark, I was a runner. I went and got them coffee. I, went and made, I made coffee in the offices. You, just, you start at the very, very, very bottom. It's the equivalent of the mailroom in television production. And that's where you start.
0: Okay. I think we need to take a second and have a millennial moment. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think millennials understand what starting at the bottom means. I mean, our generation gets it, but I don't think a lot of kids out there get it. Like, I mean, honestly, I know people that worked years for little or no pay at all to get into a career. And, you know, that's not that uncommon for our generation, today's generation feel like they should just start as president, right?
1: Well, and that, you know, it's interesting because everybody says, should I go to film school? I say, yeah, you can go to film school. But if you come out of film school thinking you're ready to be a director, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And maybe you're going to be one of those guys who goes to film school and you're going to be one of those guys who does that award winning thing that everybody takes notice of and says, this is our next whoever. And yes, that's a path but it's not the path for everyone. Most people come out of film school or just go to LA out of whatever school. And I have thoughts about that in a minute. And, and you start at the bottom. You don't, you don't get your first directing gig fresh out of film school. So you start at the bottom. You start as an assistant director. You start as an assistant in the writer's room and you eventually meet the right people. Everybody, I always say, yeah, it's luck. Cause everybody says, well, it's just luck. You have to be in the right place at the right time. But the trick is you have to create so many right places that one of them is the right time. And that just takes a lot of footwork.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you can minimalize and say, oh, I was getting coffee. Forget that part. The important part is who'd you meet? You know, who are the connections that you made? You know, it's funny because when I started doing, you know, cosmetic dentistry, I was friends with all the people, all the kids. We were all kids who worked at Triad Artists in the mailroom. Well, guess what? All of those kids are the biggest agents in Hollywood today. And they have referred me all of these amazing patients over the years.
1: Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, yes, totally
0: agree. So I always love to ask this, especially of people in entertainment. You had to have had a big break. What was your big break? I can't tell you there was one big break.
1: There was multiple breaks. Um, along the way. And each one of them, you have to say, okay. And you can't get fooled into saying, well, this is it, I've made it. Because you know what? The roller coaster is going to take you right back down again. So each one of them is an opportunity to meet more people and to introduce yourself and to try to meet, you know, it's all relationships. I don't, I always say you have to be really careful because whoever you piss off today is probably who's going to keep you from getting a job tomorrow. So you got to make the right relationships. You got to make the right kinds of relationships. You got to milk them. Oh, the other thing I always say is it's a gold mine. You you get given an, a pick when you get come to Hollywood, and you go into a job in the mailroom or a job in fill in the blank, and it's up to you to use that pick and find the nuggets of gold. Most people come out of the mine with a bag of coal; they come out with nothing. But so those who are going to make it are the ones who find a way to mine every single relationship, a moment they have.
0: What was the first project that you did where you really felt like? Like, I can really have a successful career in this industry.
1: I was thrown into a situation when I was in my early 20s. So it was really, really early and really lucky that that situation made it happen where I was an assistant to a producer. I happened to know a lot about the medium we were doing. It was my half-hour pilot I did with Desi Arnaz Jr. And a very young comic. Well, I won't go into it. Um. At any rate, I... I was given an opportunity on that film while, on that pilot, while they were looking for the right executive producer to manage the show. And as we got closer and closer to the taping date, I had just done all the work because I was given the opportunity to do it while they looked for the right producer. And on the day of the taping, the studio came to me and said, we just talked to the network and you, we're going to give you the title because you did it. And we never found the right person. So that was the break for me, but it was the right place, right time. I made a lot of those moments It happened
0: for me. And then I was able to do what I needed to do in the moment. That's amazing. I I think one of the most challenging things in your career, and I know this because we've talked uh, on a personal level, is when you have a lot of creative people working on a project, not everybody has the same vision, right? How do you navigate around that? I mean, you know, especially, you know, like when you were doing Unreal, you had a vision, not everybody is on the same page. How do you work with that? So one of the big wake-up
1: moments for me in, in the entertainment business, and I've probably had it several times and I forget several times, and then I have to relearn it, is it's called the entertainment business. It really is a business at the end of the day. And I always used to think, well, I'm making this amazing product and then there's these little breaks where they put commercials in. And so they're the filler between my moments of genius. And the lesson I always learn is, oh, it's an entertainment business The network is in the business of selling commercials, and I'm the filler between the commercial pods. They look at it completely the opposite way from where I do. So that wake-up moment to realize that you have to temper this genius that we're trying to do, you have to temper the creative thing that we're trying to make with the reality of the needs of the studio, the network, and every other player. And there is a balancing act, and you have to pick and choose, and ultimately you have to cave and it's, it's probably the hardest part of the job is to make all that work and not lose sight of, am I passionate about this for the right reason or the wrong reason? Am I pissing people off or, or, or doing the right thing? And you don't know till it's over.
0: Of all the projects you've done. Yeah. What would you say was like your sweetheart project? Like the one, like, if I want to be remembered by this one project, it was,
1: well, you know, you know what's funny, Bill? You probably just mentioned the one which was the hardest I've ever done, yet the most satisfying. That was unreal. It was just, it was, it, was, it was a fun, emotionally, creatively satisfying project in many ways. So that was one of them. I did a series of films for NBC years ago, TV movies that ended up being shown in sex education classrooms because they touched a nerve for teenagers and talked them in a way that they weren't being talked to. And it was everything from teen AIDS to every other teen issue you can imagine. And those are probably some of my most memorable films that I really enjoy because they touch nerves that weren't just entertainment.
0: So if, if I'm a student and I'm really interested in going into production and kind of emulating your career, what kind of classes should I be taking or workshops or extracurricular things would you advise that, that I indulge in?
1: So let me divide my career and my world into the creative side of producing and the production slash technical side, because, you know, if you want to go into the technical side of production, then film school or learning everything you can about the, you know, film and how you do it and all the technical pieces are, are all good. And then you just got to go out to L.A. and start at the bottom and you learn it all over anyway. Um, If you want to get into the creative side of the entertainment business, then the more you can study good storytelling, the better. Whether it's film history or English literature or everything that goes into telling a good story, everything you study in that world will enter your benefit at some point. And that's not, you don't get a lot of that in film school. Film school teaches you all the technical stuff. Some do. I mean, directing, writing classes, all those work. But the actual study of good storytelling is something you almost need to supplement and creatively go after.
0: If I were to ask you what's the secret of your success, what would you say that is? Uh, persistence,
1: perseverance, um, ability to manage a lot of dynamically different egos and personalities, um, the ability to listen to what the studio and network and everybody else want, and try to figure out how to give it to them, and not lose your creative integrity and and, and soul along the way, um, and then it's persistence. I mean, I tell you, you we can talk about the roller coaster ride, and it is, and nobody just goes up and stays up. It's you go up and down, and up and down, and up and down, and then the business changes over the, the course of my career. We've I've watched it go from three networks to four networks to video cassettes to cable to streaming and all sorts of combinations along the way. And every time you have to reinvent, it's just, it's the world changes, the pieces change, the people change, and you have to have persistence and the right attitude to do it. And you have to also keep going after it. If you wait for it to come to you, the phone doesn't ring that often.
0: You know, I always say that if there's two things that I want students to walk away from, from LEAP, it's this, number one, don't wait for opportunities, make them. And number two, when you get an opportunity, don't take it. Master it.
1: There you are. That's a great one. And, and don't, don't lose sight of how many no's you're going to get along the way. Don't just dust yeah, yourself. Yeah, how do you right deal with
0: rejection? How, how do you deal with rejection?
1: You have to have the, for me, it's always been the right support group you need a board of directors that you talk to and say okay that didn't work now what do i do and you talk to people and you figure out how to get you again dust yourself off i've been very lucky for many years to have a great business partner who we just always always sunk up in a way that when one of us was stuck the other unstuck them um or in series television the studio and the network were there for me so it was you know you just always need that that group of people my partner steve has always been there so you, you need a support team
0: where do you want your career to go now? I know we've talked about this and you're kind of like in a little bit of a vacation mode. And I know with the pandemic, things slowed down. But if you could sit down and just wave a magic wand and say, this is what I want to be doing now, what would it be? So I
1: I'm, this is not very PC, but I'm going to look at P, I'm looking at COVID as a blessing for me right now. Not because a lot of people are are suffering, not because of, for all the reasons we shouldn't look at it that way. But for me, it put pause on the craziness. And the entertainment business is truly in a state of crazy right now. As advertising-supported TV begins to go on the wane and cable, who knows what's going to happen with cable, and streaming is taking its place. It's, just, it's chaos right now. Now, the great thing out of chaos for new people trying to get into the business is there's more opportunities than ever before if you're willing to look for those and turn over every rock until you find the right one. But for me, it's a moment to stop and reassess and say, what makes me happy? I'm doing a documentary series with Reese Witherspoon's company right now for Disney Plus, And that makes me happy right now. So I'm looking for those things that I can really enjoy and not, not get caught
0: up in all the craziness that's swirling about the business and the world right now. Awesome. Bob, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, I love you and Steve. You guys are great friends. Um, I was truly honored that you sent your son, Josh, to leap. And I know he got a lot out of it. He's an amazing kid and I love spending time with him. And I'll see you back up in Park City. Can't wait. Thank you. And I really enjoyed talking today. All right. Hey, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the LEAP Foundation, Go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.